The first way is visual, changing your thoughts, changing things visually by having new visuals, verbally changing the stories yourself, changing your language, even changing the way you articulate things. We spoke about that a lot. And kinesthetic, changing your physicality when you're experiencing anger. Good morning, good evening, a good afternoon, good whatever, and welcome to another episode of Role Model. You've come to the right place if you want to become a happier, healthier, and more successful human being. On today's episode, Jay Shetty steps by. Jay Shetty is... Hmm, can we call him influencer? Well, he definitely influences people. I think more than 10 million people on social media. He is definitely one of my favorite podcast hosts. His podcast is called On Purpose and is literally my number one podcast. So definitely go listen to Purpose On Purpose with Jay Shetty. Today, Jay is talking about anger, how to manage your anger, how to manage bad moments. And we all do have bad moments. Some of us have bad days, bad weeks. And sometimes you're so angry, you carry this anger for weeks, months, even years. And Jay Shetty shows you how to manage this anger. It is all about yeah, getting better at managing these bad moments and getting back to living in a beautiful state again. Jay shows us a simple strategy, shares simple tips. I'm super excited. Before we dive into the episode, I just want to say a quick thank you to the sponsor of today's episode, Vivo Life. If you are a human being and <laughs> if you live on planet Earth, then you most likely don't get enough vitamin D, especially if you live in the Western world, if you don't get enough sunlight, your body doesn't have yeah, the opportunity to synthesize vitamin D and that leads to decreased energy levels. It can lead to depression. So getting enough sun or taking a vitamin D supplement is super, super important. More than 1 billion people don't get enough vitamin D. It's so important. Portent Vivo Life has an incredible vitamin D supplement. They also have vegan protein powders, vitamin B12, omega 3, 100% plant based. They plant one tree for every single order. They also offer a 30 days money back guarantee in case you don't like the products. Really good news for you as a podcast listener. You get 10% off on your first order with the code Schmunky S H M. O-N-K-E-Y. You will also find the link in the podcast description below. If you're already a Vivo Life customer, feel free to use my code, which you will also find in the podcast description. Now it's time to dive straight into the episode. Here is Jay Shetty. Today's session is all about how to monitor and manage your anger, right? So all of you have been asking questions, saying, Jay, please do a topic on anger. Please do a session on anger. Please take anger. So here we are talking about anger, right? It's, it's that word, it's that expression that we all have in common, but we all express in different ways. So today's session is all about how we can understand how we personally uniquely express anger 
and how to manage it as well. I'm sure you all know someone who's angry, right? Right, everyone knows someone who's angry? And if you're not nodding, it's probably you. Someone's thinking of you right now and thinking you're the angry one. So whether you're exposed to a lot of anger, whether you're feeling anger yourself, whether you know a lot of people who are struggling with anger, anger is a real thing that we all have to deal with. It's like a bad friend. When you feel angry, you feel frustrated. When you're feeling that emotion, that expression, how do you talk about it? How do you express it? And I want you to think about a time, maybe in the last week, maybe in the last month, maybe in the last year, where you feel you've experienced anger. Now, it doesn't have to be huge. Sometimes we think of anger as being this big, you know, out, outlash, like this amplificated expression. But it could just be something that you do that's, that's slightly different. So I want you to think about how you express anger. We all express anger differently. And therefore, usually our understanding of anger or when we feel other people are angry is when they behave as we do when we're angry. We almost assume that that's how people express anger. So what I wanted to talk to you about today is that there are six key anger types or anger styles, right? It's almost like a personality type, but there are anger styles. And each of them have a unique internal dialogue, a unique internal conversation that you'll have with yourself. And they all have their own consequential damage that they cause in our relationships and damage to ourselves. And finally, methods to turn it around. They're all different. You can't apply the same message. Now, how many of you have ever heard advice to your life as being calm down, right? Just calm down, right? And in, in my opinion, never in the history of being told to calm down has anyone ever calmed down, right? That's just never happened. No one does that. No one calms down when you tell them to. Some people may do. So notice that even the antidote or the cure to anger is different for different people. Hence, when you want someone to just switch off and snap out of it, they can't, even if you do. Hence, when you tell people to count to 10 or count back to, from 100, they can't do it because they don't function like that. We all function differently with anger. Hence, even if you're advising, even if you're guiding people, the first thing we have to acknowledge is that everyone experiences and expresses anger differently. Let's start with Anger style number one. Anger style number one is what I like to call explosive, right? It sounds like a good song, but it's not. Explosive. It's, it may take a lot to push you over the edge. So it takes you time to be pushed over the edge, but when you get there, the earth shakes and people run for cover, right? You know who you are if you know I'm talking about you. Now, why do we do that? I've always been interested, since I studied behavioral science, I've always been interested in why we do what we do. So a question I asked yesterday was, what did I study at university? I studied behavioral science as a focus topic. So why do we do what we do? The truth is, the reason why, for those who have an explosive anger style, the reason why we do that is we've never been taught to properly deal with irritation. So we talk a lot today in this world about tolerance. And tolerance almost feels like you're trying to squash all your anger into a box constantly. Like you're trying to get this and squeeze it in and you can't quite shut it. If you travel a lot like me, it's like trying to shut a suitcase and the suitcase just won't fit. And you're trying to pull the zip around and you're trying to squash the zip together so that you can pull it through, but it doesn't quite work. When we're not taught to be tolerant in the right way, when we're not taught to deal with regular irritation, what happens is that we absorb or swallow pain or anger as much as we can until we can't anymore. This is the most common form of anger. We're constantly trying to suppress, we're constantly trying to squeeze, constantly trying to push it away, but at one point it all has to come out and it explodes, erupts like a volcano, hence the term explosive. So whether you are type one or you experience type one, here's what happened. The result is that you over amplify the issue that you argue about 
because you've boxed it in for so long. You've kept in all these little irritations. So tolerance is not about just keeping in irritation. Tolerance is about acceptance and letting it go. But the problem today is our tolerance, our version of tolerance, is almost just capturing and keeping hold and absorbing and swallowing all of this until we have to take it out. So the way to do this, now how to turn this around. The amazing thing is when you look at neuroscience, right? And this is what I love. I'm trying to share with you evidence-backed science, things that are propelled by how science talks to them. And I hope you're going to press share right now so that we can get lots more people thinking about anger. The neurological, uh, neurological anger response, believe it or not, lasts no more than two seconds. Right? When you experience anger, in terms of neurology, in terms of your brain, it's only a release, a chemical release of two seconds. Right? So it actually takes more. Now, if you knew that, well done to you. And if you didn't know that, I mean, tell me, tell me, I mean, that shocked me. When I read that statistic, I was like, wow. Neurologically, we only experience anger for two seconds, which means it takes commitment to carry on being angry. How many of you have ever felt angry for two or three seconds, but felt, actually, you know what, I'm going to play on this for a bit longer so that the person realizes how angry I am? How many of you have almost acted anger? Right? We all become method actors where we pretend to be angry or amplify our anger just so that people realize how angry we are. So it takes commitment to stay angry. Meditation is awesome. Deep breathing is awesome. Taking moments. Now, but the one thing I wanted to talk about, how to really deal with explosive, explosive anger at the root. Explosive anger comes because we're constantly suppressing little things that annoy us because we think that we can just let them go. And we think that if we bring up these little things, someone's going to get really annoyed at us. How many of you worry that if you brought up these little things that are annoying you, it will really annoy your partner or your colleague or whatever it is? So one of the best ways to do this is actually to write it down. When we write things down, we have to articulate things better. If you imagine, if you had to send a tweet, 140 characters, the amount of energy that goes into articulating 140 characters takes much more effort than articulating 1,400 words. So what I'd like you to do is when you're feeling that moments of tolerance being tested or those agitation or that frustration, it's writing it down and articulating it in 140 characters about how you actually feel. And then kind of analyzing that statement and trying to get all of your feelings out on paper where you're almost reconciling how you feel without having to share it with that person. So our biggest fear with explosive anger is that we don't want to annoy someone, we don't want to ruin our relationship. But the problem is when you keep in your mind, you stop yourself from reconciling. So you're already suppressing and boxing in your mind. Why not open up? and reconcile on paper, writing it down. And what you'll notice is that you'll be able to write it down, explain it, and express it in a way that allows you to deal with it rather than squashing it into the box. So that is style one. So guys, number two. Let's go to anger style number two. Anger style number two is self-abuse. How many of you know, and I'm not talking about physical self-abuse, I'm talking about the way we do it verbally. So it's my fault. I'm a bad dad, I'm a bad brother, I'm a bad boyfriend, I'm a bad girlfriend, I'm a bad mom, I'm a bad wife. You know, it's my fault, I'm taking responsibility. And you have two extremes of this. One extreme is people are like, it's all your fault. And how many of you know someone like that, right? Raise your hand, put your virtual hand up if you know someone like that. Press the like button, press the love button. When, when the person just is constantly blaming someone else. And how many of you feel that actually you're just taking the blame? No matter what happens, you just see... I'm just gonna take the blame for this. It's my fault, right? I'm, I'm gonna take the blame for this. We're talking about that side, and this is known as the anger style of self-abuse. We believe it's safer and easier. Why do we do it? 
Why do we experience that? We believe it's safer and easier to be mad at ourselves, right? And continue disappointments, right? That's what we feel. We feel that it's easier and safer to be mad at ourselves because maybe at one point in our life when we express that towards someone else, they said, no, it's your fault. And we started to believe that. How do we overcome number two? The way we turn around number two is going back to the root again. I'm not giving you the symptoms. I'm not giving you the cures for the symptoms. I'm trying to go back to the root. One of the root reasons for that is our self-esteem. We always blame it on other people or blame it on ourselves because we want to take all the responsibility without recognizing real self-responsibility or we want to just throw the responsibility. The first question to ask yourself is, if I was looking at this from an objective point of view, imagine this wasn't about me. Imagine this was someone else in the situation. How would I divide that responsibility, right? How would I actually categorize that responsibility? Would I give this person more responsibility or would I give them more responsibility? Taking yourself outside the equation allows you to stop seeing things through your lens as your problem, as your challenge. And I, I truly recommend this. Becoming an observer in your life is such a powerful way of actually dealing with this. Going deeper in our understanding of anger allows us to tailor the solution better. So I asked you, first of all, to look at it from an objective point of view. Think about how you would assess responsibility of that challenge rather than taking out the anger on yourself. Check that with someone who is more objective in the situation, with a mentor, a guide, a teacher, a person, whatever it may be, and then go back and talk to someone by accepting certain responsibility. Actually being on that end where you accept responsibility is a great place to start because you're accepting that you are too involved in the challenge being caused. When you only think it's the other person, that's danger zone, right? That's trouble zone. So actually being able to assess and ascribe responsibility to you and the other person is a great, great, great place to start. Anger style number three that you've just touched on is avoidance. See, what it looks like, I'm fine, everything's fine, I'm, I don't want to talk about it with the person, I don't like confrontation, I'm worried I'll lose my reputation or any connection that we even had, and maybe you haven't approached them about it. It's really important in that situation to encourage resolution. The way to turn it around is challenge your core belief, step outside yourself, and embrace a healthy conversation or discussion with them. Maybe you have a mediator. Maybe you have a mediation between them with someone who's objective and can see it from both sides. You want someone who can facilitate a conversation that stops you from avoiding it because of your fears, but allows you to deal with it in the right way without causing a challenge for yourself. Ultimately, any experience we have we're having a conversation with ourselves, right? When we're feeling angry, we're saying to ourselves, that person did me wrong, you know, they're not loyal, I can't trust them. We're having a conversation with ourselves. And then we go and have that conversation with a friend, and then they talk to us. So in the same way, we need to have the right conversation with ourselves that says to us, wait a minute, let's look at the facts. Wait a minute, let's, let's take a look at this first. Wait a minute, do we have all the information? How many times have you ever been angry at someone and then realized it wasn't even their fault? Like, be honest, like, put your hand up. I have. I've kind of responded to someone and gone, why, why do you want to do that? Why are you acting like that? And then realized that actually they sent the wrong message or they put it in the wrong group or whatever it was. So it's about switching from being controlled by anger to controlling anger itself. And often what we find is that anger is controlling our conversation with ourselves as opposed to us engaging and controlling that conversation with anger. 
How many of you know someone who experiences or expresses anger through sarcasm, right? Now, what does it look like? They'll say things like, it's okay that you're, light, uh, you're late. I had time to read the whole menu, right? If you're late to a restaurant. Or they'll say, oh yeah, it's okay, it's okay that we just spend money on that. You know, you know, money grows on trees. We've got money hanging around that. You know, they try and make sarcastic comments that hides their raw anger, but you get the point, right? They're insinuating something. Now, why do we do that? We do that because we're raised believing it's not okay to confront someone. It's rude to kind of have that confrontation, to tell someone you have an issue. So you make it into a joke. You think a joke's an easier way of getting the message across. Actually, it's the most unnerving way. If you've ever been on the receiving end of this, I have been on the receiving end of this. I've also been on the sharing end of this. Whenever I feel that way, I almost just feel like, why doesn't this person just tell me? Like, I'm not stupid. Like, I, I get the point. And actually, it becomes harder to talk about it from that person's point of view as well. It damages relationships. And funnily enough, sarcasm, I was doing some research. Sarcasm comes from the Greek word sarkaizen, which actually means, this, this is, I mean, this is crazy, right? This is what it actually means, right? Tearing flesh like dogs, right? That's crazy. Crazy definition from sarcasm. But that's what it feels like. It's like you're tearing it, tearing the person apart without letting them know that you're tearing them. So the way to turn it around is have those conversations that are straight, that are firm, that are assertive, where you actually get to articulate things well. See, articulation is such an important skill, an important thing we need to do, because just learning to articulate how we feel can actually channel things a lot better when we choose the right words. It's really important that we learn to articulate and package that anger as well, or the way we explain to people. If someone just comes out and goes, that was terrible, that necessarily isn't constructive. Being told that you're not good at something isn't constructive. Being told you have a flaw isn't constructive. You've got to think how you would want to receive that feedback and then try and tailor it towards that person. A good technique is always to start with something that's positive, that the person did do well, then sharing something they could improve on, and then again ending on a positive. It's important to have that balance. See, noticing what's wrong with someone, a flaw, is not difficult at all. It takes much greater intelligence to find harmony, to see what someone's doing well. If you can do that, people will trust you a lot more when you actually share how they can improve. It's not a technique, it's not a manipulation, it's genuine. Train your mind to see the good in others, and then when you do see something else, they'll feel that you believe in them, that you invest in them, that you want them to grow. So number five, we haven't got there yet. Number five, we've got six, we've got a few more moments to do all six of them. Number five is passive aggressive. Express how you feel through something else. So it's kind of like a lot of domestic arguments are based on this. People express their anger through the fact that someone hasn't washed the dishes, right? Someone hasn't cleaned up. Someone hasn't forgot to bring the milk home, whatever it is. We're expressing how we really feel about something else through something else. We're talking about how we really feel, but through a different medium. And that, again, totally confuses the person because the person's wondering, is, it, is this an issue? Is this and this an issue, or is this an issue? They're just lost, they're trying to figure it out. So again, one of the reasons why we aren't able to create a mediation or create good relationships again with people we struggle with anger with is because we're creating so much confusion around the situation. So you have to speak up before you get bitter. You have to speak up about what it actually is in clarity before you start talking about something else and using something as the vessel of communicating and using something else as the vehicle to get the point across. So before the vehicle was sarcasm, this time the vehicle is a criticism of someone's daily rituals or daily practices or daily schedules or daily rotors of how they live their life. And that, 
again is hard to swallow and hard to stomach because they may not be able to. So are you someone who does that? We do that because we dislike confrontation again. Disliking confrontation is one of the reasons why we suppress and absorb and swallow our own anger a lot. And what I'm not encouraging here is that you just go up to the person you've been angry at for years and just lash it out on all of them. But what I do recommend is writing it down to reconcile, writing an internal dialogue to deal with it, and thirdly, taking part in a facilitated conversation with them or in an open, articulated, well-thought-out conversation with them that can help you grow. I genuinely believe that uh, the stuff that I'm sharing with you is stuff that I've taken on for a long time to use myself as well because these are all emotions we express in different ways. Remember, anger can be expressed in different ways as well. But I truly believe that the insights and techniques and methods I'm sharing today are for you. And really, these are methods of internal cleansing and internal purification. These aren't just ideas and little tips and tricks. These are actually cleansing methods, purification methods. Anger is something that we need to purify from within ourselves. And suppressing it or not confronting it is only going to lead to more challenges, right? So definitely a good thing to think about. Number six is habitual irritation. It's actually when the little things add up and you just lash out on all of them. Little thing, little thing, little thing, little thing. We all know someone like this, right? And we've all experienced this probably from our families. You haven't cleaned up, you haven't done this, your room's a mess, etc. These are common things. And that's a way that people express their anger. Ultimately, anger comes from a place generally of lack of security, stability, or internal dissatisfaction. And that's why a lot of the topics we talk about solve the problem, like finding your purpose, finding your passions, being around people who motivate you, that inspire you, that you like. These things actually take care of anger more than we believe. And that's why the positive affirmations, the positive changes in our life, the additional things we can do, like finding a purpose, finding a passion, finding people that motivate us, that drive us, that actually takes care of the dissatisfaction in a proactive way, which means we don't have to reactively take care of anger. It's phenomenal what you can achieve when you do it. The way to confront type six is to actually change the stories we tell ourselves. Habitual irritation is because we feel that everything's an issue and everything's causing problems and we amplify these situations. We have to change the story we tell ourselves. We have to start teaching ourselves to find our passions, find our purpose, find people that motivate us. That stops us from becoming irritated at every little thing, whether it's the weather, it's the bus driver, it's the subway, whatever it is, all those little things that annoy us on a daily basis. When you feel connected to something much more meaningful and important, all these things fade into insignificance. And that's truly what I've experienced in my life as well, that the more you get connected to the things that have meaning, that have purpose, that really guide and steer your life, you're really able to disconnect from the insignificance of other things. And our ambitions make us align with that insignificance as well. Our ambitions do that, A, by first of all, making us feel that they're quite high to reach. And second of all, having reached them, we then find there's a much bigger mountain to climb. So that's definitely something I recommend. And there's three ways of changing the stories we tell ourselves about anger. Three ways of creating an internal dialogue. I really recommend writing this word down, internal dialogue, writing an internal dialogue for every challenge, every situation you have in your life. Preempt, predict the way you usually feel angry. Just observe how you usually let out and create a dialogue with yourself that you would like to have in a moment of pressure and what you would like to hear in that moment of pressure. The first way is visual, changing your thoughts 
changing things visually by having new visuals, verbally changing the stories yourself, changing your language, even changing the way you articulate things. We spoke about that a lot. And kinesthetic, changing your physicality when you're experiencing anger, changing the way your body is. Again, breathing, meditation is powerful for that physical and mental change. Anger clouds judgment. You know, it's, it is like holding a drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. It's like holding a hot piece of coal, wanting to chuck it at someone but burning ourselves. Just remembering that holding on to anger is not great for us allows us to start wanting to find remedies and wanting to find the cure. So it's really important to remember that anger will cloud our judgment and our lens of interpretation take it down the wrong way. So definitely things to consider. Guys, it's been great talking to you today. Those are the six anger styles, explosive, self-abuse, avoidance, sarcasm, passive aggressive, and habitual irritation. I talked about the why questions for each. Why do we do explosive? Because if you've never been taught to deal with irritation, you absorb until you can't suppress it anymore. Why do we do self-abuse? Because we believe that it's ultimately our fault because no one else has taken responsibility. Why do we avoid? Because we don't want to lose our reputation. Why do we use sarcasm? Because we believe it's not okay to be openly rude. Why do we use passive aggressive? Because we believe that we dislike confrontation. And why do we use habitual irritation? Because we're dissatisfied by something else that we're experiencing. I hope you found the answers to some of your questions. Try these out. Build an internal dialogue. Use visual, verbal, and kinesthetic changes. Definitely involve meditation into your daily practice for this as well. And you will definitely monitor and manage anger better. Remember, it's not about eliminating it. It's about reducing it, monitoring it, and managing it better. Don't try to eliminate something. Try and just observe better with self-awareness. And that was Jay Shetty. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. As I already said, definitely go listen to his podcast on purpose. So much value. And Jay Shetty has, is just such a nice guy. <laughs> I highly recommend to purchase his book, Think Like a Monk. It's available for pre-order right now. If you like this episode, let me know on social media. Go follow me become part of an incredible positive community axel shura link is also in the podcast description thank you so much for listening and until next time my friends